Shalom and welcome to another in our series of podcasts from Temple Beth Am, a dynamic center for conservative Judaism in Los Angeles. You are listening to our weekly class, Navigate and Master the Prayer Book, with Rabbi Cantor Hilary Chorney. We're going to get started and uh, I, I want to talk about a couple of the tools that you want to have in front of you for this class. I want you to have a Sidor that has in it the weekday liturgy for now, because that's what we're beginning with. Now, you can do that with one of two different Sidorim. The Sidor that I'm going to be guiding us through for the most part is going to be the Slim Shalom, which is the volume of the weekday Sidor. It's called Sidor Sim Shalom. We jokingly call it the Slim Shalom because in 1999, the Rabbinical Assemblies Press published two volumes. They split the old Sidor into two, one for Shabbat and festivals and one for weekdays. And this is just for weekdays. You can also have in front of you a full 1985 Sim Shalom. That comes in two different editions. That one comes in a small blue book that can be handheld. It also comes in a larger blue and gray book as well. Uh, and that's that's the uh, older 1985 edition. When we get to the later parts of the service for a weekday morning, we'll talk a little bit more about how the older edition of the book does have some liturgical differences to it, okay? Then uh, some small liturgical differences, significant small liturgical differences than the older Sidor does. But you don't need to worry right now about which Sidor you have in front of you, except that it should certainly have the weekday liturgy itself in it. Again, I want to encourage you to either have in front of you the volume that's the Sidor Sim Shalom for weekdays, or you can have the small blue or larger gray and blue 1985 Sim Shalom. If you have in front of you a different Sidor that has the weekday liturgy in it, that's fine. No problem. The only issue that you're going to have is that my page numbers that I'll refer to will be significantly different. Okay? And you'll find it. Part of, by the way, this is a great bridge to the purpose of the class. What is the purpose of this class? There are so many different ways to teach a class and to take a class on the Sidor. For example, on Tuesday mornings, Rabbi Avi Havivi teaches a wonderful class that you can catch either live after Weekday Minion or on our podcasts, in which you can learn all about weekday liturgy, its history, how it made it into that part of the Sidor or the Mahsor, where it ties in connectively to other pieces of the liturgy. That's a great class to do a deep dive on the origins historically of pieces of the Sidor. There are also classes on leading services, right? how to become a Baal or Baalat Tefillah, how to lead services. This is neither of those classes. This class is geared towards how to be an active, informed, engaged participant in Jewish worship services, also known as davening or tefillah. And that means it's meant to boost our confidence and potentially boost our participation. 
And in the era of COVID, it's also intended to help in particular with your skills on how to do some of these things, not just in a collective, which you mostly need to do uh, via virtual experiences at this time, but also how to do it as an individual. I hope that excites you. And I hope that that makes sense because it is a really particular kind of an approach. And the approach would lead you to be able to do things like, for example, pick up a C-Door that is not the exact C-Door that is used by your home synagogue community and navigate it, even though it might not be the exact liturgy, even though it might look slightly different than your home liturgy, you'd be able to find your way through, right? That's the idea. That's what I'm hoping for, is to give you a great navigable way through. So before we move any further, I do want to share two links with you in the chat box. And hopefully you'll be able to copy these and paste them into a browser if you want to make use of them during the class. You don't have to make use of them during the class. These will be in the show notes for the podcast. So if you're listening to this, you can take a look in the show notes for the podcast and you can click on them there. So I'm going to put them in the chat. The first thing that I'm sharing with everybody is a link to that C-Door. This should work. I sure hope it does. The second thing that I'm putting into the chat box is a link to the prayer skeleton And it's something we're going to take a look at together first. So the second thing is the thing we're going to look at first. In addition to the fact that you need not click on these if you find them distracting or don't like clicking on technological things while we're learning, I'm going to screen share these things anyway as we're talking. So no need to worry about them now. I can also email them to everybody after we go through uh, these pieces together. Okay. So the first thing we're going to look at is this prayer skeleton. Because for me, as a visual learner, who's also going to talk through this for people who prefer the audio format, I like to look at this from a 30,000 foot perspective. So we're going to take a look at morning services, weekday morning services from a way zoomed out perspective. Before we can do that, we need to establish a few basic things. Now, Before I establish those few basic things, I'm just going to name something, which is, in some previous classes that I taught, I started both the last C-Door class and the last Navigating the Moxor class with some basics about terms that I use, like tefillah for prayer, but it also used to refer to just the central prayer of the worship service, which is the Amidah, which also means the standing prayer things like that, basic vocabulary. And I started also with some basic texts from our tradition about why we're commanded to pray and what it means that some people feel obligated to pray and some people pray from more of a place of intentionality and all that. If you want to do a refresher on that, or if that's kind of new stuff for you, you can go back and listen to the first two classes of each of those two courses to get the basics and I give you permission, I I checked the box that allows you to unmute yourself. And you can either raise your digital hand or go ahead and unmute yourself and say, hey, can you please define that vocabulary word or stop and clarify that concept? We're not going to start from that basic clarification of concepts here. We're going to start from the overhead perspective of weekday morning services, right? That's where we're going to start for this class. 
that's what I'm defining as intermediate. So if there are terms that I don't stop and define and you need defined, please stop me. Everybody okay with that? We're all, we're all all right with that? Okay, so just stop me if you need me to stop. Here we go. So I'm going to screen share the prayer skeleton. It's very colorful, as you may have noticed. And I'm going to share with you what some of these colors are referring to as well. It's also going to look really familiar to those of you who have been in the class before. You may also, uh, if you click on the shareable link, make a copy of this document. That's why I shared it in a document form deliberately, not just in a printable form. So that if you like to make notes as you go, you can make a copy of this document and you can take notes as you go in your own version of the skeleton, right? Some people are really tactile kind of folks and like to take their own notes in that way. I learned my lesson the first time I made it editable and I had really fun notes of other folks all over it. So you can make a copy and make your own. A weekday morning. When we start our mornings, we start our mornings with prayer at home. We actually start our morning prayer at home. In our weekday C-Door, we're going to see when we take a look at in the C-Door in just a few minutes together, we're going to see that our weekday prayer book contains within it liturgy to instruct us on what we could say even from the moment that we open our eyes, right? So it actually starts us off with liturgy that we can say from the moment that we wake up, even before we join the synagogue, even before we join the community in prayer. One of the reasons that I bring that up is because of location, right? That's prayer that's taking place in the home. One of the reasons that I bring it up as well, a different reason is that's prayer that's taking place individually, right? That's obviously taking place alone. Or I guess like I always said that I wanted to meet somebody who would like wake up in the morning and harmonize with me on the first prayer of the morning, moda ni lefanecha melechai vekayam, grateful am I before you, God, that you've returned my soul to me. Uh, that um, Who was I kidding? Like, we're not going to wake up in the morning and sing moda ni, but, but basically, it's solo prayer in the morning, okay? It's solo prayer in the morning, and it is found in our sidorim. So I'm going to point that out to you, that our sidor actually starts not from the synagogue liturgy, but from the home liturgy. Then there is a little bit of liturgy that could start from entering the prayer space that actually shows up first in our prayer book. I'm going to show that to you too. I'm not sure how that got reversed in the prayer book. I'm sort of, I have some guesses. And then we get to the first part of our service right here. I just colorized it yellow for fun. And that's Birkot HaShachar. I translated it in, in the parentheses. I translated it as blessings of the dawn. That's just the translation of it. Do you recognize birkot as a plural of another word that you might know? Does anyone recognize it? You can unmute yourselves if you recognize that word or the root of that word. Abracha, baruch. It's a blessing. Great, wonderful. So baruch or baracha or levarech right? These are all words that are related to blessing. Beer coat is just a form of the word that has to do with two nouns 
going together. So it is dawn blessings. It's actually a noun describing another noun, right? Dawnified blessings. Birkot HaShachar, blessings of the dawn. It's like attorneys at law. I can never think of a great like noun describing a noun um, construct in English. Maybe someday I'll come up with a better example. In the weekday Sidur, the Sim Shalom for weekdays that that I'm going to screen share in a moment and that we'll take a look at, at, that I'm looking at physically here. It's on page six. Our weekday services, if you're joining us for Morning Minion online, start at 7.30 a.m. This is where we start with and from collectively. Do those blessings require a prayer quorum, which consists of 10 individuals over the age of bar bar bat mitzvah, which is also known as a minion? Do these blessings require that? Should be no. They don't. What? Uh, you're right, Denise. They they don't require that. What is one hint? What's one lo- logical way that you might reason that you that that you don't need a minion to do birkoda shachar to do blessings of the dawn? Because it was in the at home section. Great. Fantastic, Denise, because originally Birkot HaShachar was a part of the morning services that was done as a part of morning routines. And we went through this a bit in the last Shabbat Sidor class that we did together in that Birkot HaShachar was originally designed as a series of blessings that would be recited at home alongside morning ablutions, to use a fancy word, right? All the different actions that we would do as we get our bodies and ourselves ready in the morning. And as we're going through those actions, there are different blessings that are assigned to those. And if you could do those at home and alone, then you could do them without a minion. Things that require a minion, I indicate in red here on the outline. So what happens next in our services is we do a little bit of Torah study, we do a little bit of reading of the principles of Rabbi Yishmael, who is a character in the Talmud, who writes a little bit about the principles for Torah study. And then we say a special Kaddish, which we say in honor of all those who were our sort of forefathers of Torah study. Then we say some Psalms, sometimes just one, but usually multiple. And then we say mourners Kaddish as well. I'm going to explain when we get there why those Psalms in that order and why there. Everybody with me up until that point overall, I'll explain a little bit more in depth when we get there. And then we enter the next part of our service, which is about as uh, far as we're going to get today, we're probably going to get all the way through Pesuke to Zimra today. We start with Baruch She'amar, which is a, uh, which is a blessing, kind of. It certainly ends with a blessing. It also has a poem in it. And people who have been in Sidor classes with me know that the Sidor is made up of three elements. Does anybody want to tell us what those three elements are? I'll give you a hint. One of them, one of the elements is blessings. Another of the elements is also here, poetry or poems. And the third element is biblical quotes. That's it. 
That is the entire Sidor and or Machzor. Every liturgy service in the history of ever for Judaism has been comprised, compiled, made up of, published as a combination of those things. Sometimes you've got a combination of those two things in one. Can anyone think of an example of either a poem, biblical quote, blessing? That's a combination of two of those things in one. As you share a biblical quote and a poem. Great. That's a great example. Shirat Hayam, the song that was recited at the sea as it split it during the book of Exodus story of the escape from Egypt, as Yashir Moshe Uvene Israel, and thus Moses and the children of Israel sang or had a poetry slam, poeticized, poetried, poemed. A shira can mean a poem or a song. That's why I'm having trouble here. They poemed, uh, and then they poem. And, and it's actually described as a poem in the Torah. And then that makes it into our liturgical canon, actually, as a part of of Pesuke de Simra, right here, Shiratayam, the Song of the Sea. And that is both a biblical quote and a poem, right? But nothing is outside of those three categories. It's either a blessing, a poem, or a song. I get in depth, and I can actually find for you which of the podcast episodes this is on, but I have at least one podcast earlier, and I'm happy to go further in depth if people are interested in it later on in the class, as to how you know a blessing is a blessing is a blessing. But a blessing has a blessing formula. To go back to what we were saying just now, when Annie and Gary pointed out to us that they knew that Birkot HaShachar was related to Baracha and Levarech, right? And Baruch. It's related to blessings there. Baruch Atah, and then God's name. Elokeinu Melech HaOlam. And sometimes the additional formula, Asher Kiddushanu B'Mitzvotah Vitzivanu, and then finishing up. A blessing has a formula to it. Blessings are prayers. Every blessing is a prayer. Not every prayer is a blessing. Prayers are made up of biblical quotes, poems, and blessings. Every blessing is a prayer, but not every prayer is a blessing. Because in Judaism, a blessing is a particular formula. Blessings are typically, and almost always, though this is confounding to some people because of what I'm about to say and how people conceive of the idea of action, but blessings are typically and really exclusively related to actions. This gets murky if you say that a that you say a blessing upon uh, returning to a site where a miracle occurred for you individually or to the Jewish people. Because is that really an action? I mean, yes, but questionable, how, you know, that then you're getting like into murky waters. But nearly every blessing is related to an action. Can someone give me an example of that? Baruch haolam, and sometimes Asher Kedshanu, related to an action? Great. Fantastic. And what else? Someone give me a totally different example. Can I ask a question instead of giving an example? Sure. Sure. 
are you saying that it's related to action like the like the end of the bra- the blessing like uses an action like Hamotzi is like the one who brings or or like brings forth or are you saying that like you do it related to the action of eating bread like I think I'm just confused about what you mean by action the latter that one recites a blessing when typically when preparing to do an action there are a couple exceptions to this but typically when preparing to do an action okay so a blessing is recited when preparing to do an action sniff the exception to blessings and action is when blessings get isolated away from action circumstances and plunked into prayer right when blessings get buried into a prayer service and and liturgy is chock full of blessings themselves. So let me clarify this for just a moment. Okay, let me let me re recap the whole blessing thing. And I have a much more in depth version of this. But let me give you a recap on my blessing speech. Okay, prayers comprise blessings, poems, and biblical quotes. All blessings are prayers, but not all prayers are blessings because they might also be those poems or biblical quotes. When you take blessings out of the prayer context and put them elsewhere outside of liturgical contexts, all of you, I think, I'm sure, are familiar with this idea that blessings really have a life of their own outside the liturgy. And that life is really an action life, right? Does that make sense? Right? It really is an action life with blessings. So Jews, we, we also pray, oh my God, please let me safely get off this highway and out of this crazy traffic. Or I mean, we can pray spontaneously and say prayers and things. But when we have a formulaic blessing, it's a formula that's assigned traditionally and rabbinically and to an action. And typically we recite it before we do that action. The reason why I go so in depth with that here is that we're about to take a look at Pasuke de Zimra, which has a blessing in it. There are a couple of blessings in Birkot Shachar. really starts with a whole bunch of little blessings of the dawn and then a couple of extra ones. And then Pasuke de Zimra begins with a blessing, but the bulk of Pasuke de Zimra has no blessings in it. It's made up of psalms. What element of prayer is that? It's poetry. It's a double element, right? It's poetry and it's biblical quote. Great. Annie and Denise for a double win. <laughs> it's both poetry and it's biblical quotes because it's from the book of Psalms, right? So it's poetry, but it's biblical poetry. Make sense? So we have an enormous chunk of our morning liturgy that is made up of non blessings, right? First, some blessings and then some non blessings, right? Does that make sense? I'm going to say one more thing, and then we're going to look at the prayer book itself. Are you ready? There is a really big difference in our loyalty, our fealty to saying every word of a blessing moment and saying every word of a poetry moment. Poetry is poetry. It's always been that, and it will always be that. So there are some poems that rabbinically get assigned a lot of import. You're going to hear me talk about Ashrei that way. 
you're going to hear me talk about Psalm 150 that way. But they're the exceptions. Poetry, for the most part, has always been and will always be nice. It's really nice. It's there because it's lovely and it informs the prayer experience. But it will always be a little bit lower in priority in terms of what words do I have to get on my lips when I get through the prayer services in the morning? Does that make sense? That's kind of why I'm walking us through it in this way. Because I want us to understand as we're trying to bite off what we're about to look at is an enormous chunk of liturgy, most of which is biblical poetry. I want us to understand the priority and the different categories that these fall into. So let's look at it together. Having looked at the skeleton, you can look at it yourself. You can look at the the prayer outline yourself as you like. Right? But for now, we're going to turn to looking at the C door. And I'm going to switch over and make sure that this works. Did this work? You all can see this? Yep. Fantastic. Everyone see this nice, very funny transliteration of Birkot Hashachar? Birkot Hashachar. Very nice. Preliminary prayer is great. Uh, they start the Sidor here on page one with Matovu upon entering the sanctuary. So what's the, what's the assumption of this Sidor? What assumption is this Sidor making? Because this is page one. They're assuming that you are opening the Sidor where? In the shul. Right. They definitely are. I bet you, this is homework, not for talking about now, but I would love you, Annie and Jackie, for sure. Anybody else who has another Sidor at home, go ahead and take a look in them and see if you think that the Sidorim that you have assume the same thing, right? Assume that you're starting your prayer day at home or at shul, right? You see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I find that very interesting that that's where it started. No judgment. I find it very interesting, that assumption that, that this is being opened in the synagogue. Okay, now take a look a little bit before that. Do you see this? What's the first line here? It's very tiny. I'm going to zoom in. Do you see it? What does it say? It, can somebody, uh, let's see, somebody I haven't heard from. Ed, could you read for us, please, here? Prayer begins. Prayer begins in the home as we arise each morning with our acknowledgement of God's presence and compassion. Great. And then it says in just the English here, no Hebrew, the moda'ani lefanecha melechai vekayam. Isn't that fascinating? I am grateful to you living, enduring sovereign. It's so, so interesting, right? It says it just in the English. And then upon ritual washing of the hand. I find it fascinating that this is the entire, it, you could almost glance over it with your eyes. Look at you. Look, you all, you don't know this, but you all just leveled up. You're all experts now. Do you see what I'm saying? Because you all just, you can all turn to somebody the next time that you're in synagogue together. I know it's very hard to turn to a neighbor and whisper on Zoom. But the next time you're actually with somebody in synagogue, or, you know, I guess, Annie with Elon or, or, or Gary with Marlies, you can turn to somebody and you can say, you know, the C-Door. It's very interesting what they do with the C-Door, right? Because look, but you see what I'm saying? It makes you an expert because you know they did something a little bit, again, trying to use non-judgmental terms. Very interesting, right? Very interesting what was done here. Okay, so your homework, not going to do it right now, but your homework is you're going to take a look at 
other Cedarim if you find them laying around, or you can look online and you can see what other Cedarim do. Now, we're, I hope that made you smile at least a little bit. Okay, Matovu, Ohalecha Yaakov, also very interesting. Uh, uh, okay, here we go. Ah, here it is on the right hand side here. Oh, here's, here's your, here's your Hebrew over here that doesn't match the English at all. Very good. Okay, so. Um, then here, oh, no, it is. It's just for the next page for page two, right? Okay, so page two, this is um, for putting on a uh, all of our garments for the morning. Okay, so we're going to go through page by page. So we're putting on, um, I'm going to skip over this paragraph for the moment and go to the middle of this page here. Here's the blessing for putting on the talit in the morning. This is a full blessing formula. You recite the blessing before putting on the talit. We're not going to do a whole class on putting on talit right now. But as we hold up our garment, we recite these two last words, lehitatev, a reflexive verb to wrap oneself up in, to garb oneself in, but seat seat in the fringes that are on the corner, because really the the command is to wrap yourself up in the fringes and wrap yourself up in the seat seat. And then we put on the talit. Then there's a quote here from Tehillim from Psalms. Okay. And then we'll go to a little meditation before putting on tefillin. And then we go to putting on tefillin. Here we get to something different than our Shabbat class. Again, we're not going to get deeply into this because this is about navigating the liturgy, but we would put on the tefillin next. First thing is head covering, no blessing. Second thing is talit, yes, blessing. We just went over it. Third thing are the blessings having to do with the tefillin. We're not going to go through it right now, but here are the blessings in order right here. Okay, so the blessings are all contained here. The presumption is you're putting it on after you've gotten into the prayer space. We're not walking to synagogue wearing our garments. Does that make sense? That's an important thing to point out. It is not normative in any non-Hasidic community to be wearing anything besides just a head covering when walking to the synagogue at all. Certainly not on a weekday. Okay, then we get to a blessing for the gift of our body. This is here because it's said every morning and by some Jews every time they leave the restroom. This is a blessing called Asher Yatsar. This is a beautiful, beautiful blessing that we're not going to go into depth on right now, but a beautiful class could be taught on it. You can also look up Josh Warshawski's gorgeous song about this. I know it's very funny because I just told you it's a blessing about leaving the restroom, but let me tell you a little bit more. It is a blessing about... Uh, the wondrousness, the wondering, like wonder in a, in, a, in a really wonderful and wondering sense, that if one single hole or opening in our body were to not function in the way that we needed it to, closed or open in the way that we didn't need it to, one valve in our whole body, that we would not be living beings, right? That that, that is a wonderful and extraordinary thing. That's what this blessing is about. So that's that blessing. It's recited every morning. And by again, by some people, every time they leave the restroom. And then there's a blessing for Torah study. Here, I want to point out to you, this is on page four. This is the blessing right here that we have been reciting every single time we do Torah study. I know, Ed, you participated right on Sunday morning in the Simchat Torah online celebration, right? where you got to do a little bit of Torah study for the first time and kind of take an Aliyah to Torah, even though it couldn't take an Aliyah to Torah. 
And in place of taking an Aliyah to Torah, did we have you reciting this blessing? We did. All right. Fantastic. <laughs> and it, they're tricky words, but they're cool words. La'asok, which means to busy, right? To make oneself busy, really, in this case. But la'asok, to, to busy. Bedivre in words or things of Torah. To busy that that we're commanded to to get busy with Torah to 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 become busy with with the words of Torah, and that's the blessing that we recite before Torah study, and it's what we've used to replace doing Aliyah blessings during Torah services during the COVID era. So this is where that's found in the Sidor, because typically that's said first thing in the morning by anyone and everyone who recites morning blessings, and then just beneath that you might even spy. The blessings for a Torah Aliyah. They're actually found together here. You recognize them? Baruch Atat Hashem, Elokeinu Melech Alam, Asher Bachar Banu Mikol Hamim, right? Who has chosen us from among the peoples, the Natan Lanu et Torah Torah, and has given us their Torah, God's Torah, right? Baruch Atat Hashem, Notein HaTorah. Blessed are you, God, the giver of Torah, or who gives Torah? going to Jackie's point, which is that often blessing signatures are about God's active presence in the world. Not always, but often. I had a great conversation in a Mahsor class with um, with Vered, um, with, uh, with Vered Hopensand about, um, about, who's a grammar teacher at AJR California, about the fact that the last blessing of Shacharit in the morning is is an exception to this rule, which is that God is Ga'al Yisrael. God redeemed Israel, which is not necessarily active, although biblical verbs don't really, uh, grammar doesn't really act in the same way. So the argument can't be made. Uh, It's a tough argument to make, but it definitely does stand out as a verb. It isn't God as Goel Yisrael, God is Ga'al Yisrael, because it's referring to one specific miracle that God performed, which is the miracle at the splitting of the sea, which is what's referred to in the story at that point in in the prayers. But it's just interesting when there's an exception to it, because you're right, Jackie, it, it is so often the case that in blessing formulas, we're talking about God as an active doer, a motzi lecha mina aretz, God being the bringer of of fruit from the earth, the, the notain ha-Torah, the giver of Torah, right? Seems active. Okay, then we get to... Uh, some priestly blessings, and Birkot HaShachar. Where did I say that we start in the Sidor collectively in services? Here, right? So what about all the stuff before that? Do you do it? When do we do it? Who does it? What do you think? You do it when you come in? Like everybody just does it before they start formally? I'm guessing. I have no idea. That's, that's a great guess. Yeah. That's a great thought. I think that is the case for some people. I think some people between the time that they put on their tefillin and we start Birkot HaShachar, that they do that. Or if they come in late, which is, let's face it, most Jewish people coming to services, uh, whenever they show up and put on their tefillin, they might do that next before they join up wherever we are in services. Sure. Yeah. What's another option? For me personally, they're all the 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 pieces of this liturgy that I say are all prayers of like action. So like I do them all connected to the action as I do them. 
So like Modani's first thing waking up and then like as I put on Talit and as I put on Phil and different things, like it kind of goes through, which doesn't always end up following the order of the Sidor. Um, like I've always seen this more as like a reference when you like know you're supposed to say this bracha, but you don't always remember what it is. Sure. So it could be just connected with the order of things you're actually doing. It's kind of giving you a script as you go through your morning. Great. Any other options? You could not do it. You could just not say a lot of these things and it would be okay. You don't have to say the priestly blessing in the morning. You're not required to. It's nice liturgy to say it. It's said individually. You don't have to say it. It's okay. You don't have to say every word of this opening liturgy. It's not required. You need not say every word of the opening liturgy. You also can certainly say any of it that's meaningful to you in English. Uh, so those are all options. Those are all great options. You could do it as you're sort of waiting, especially if you're waiting around a little while. You could do it as you're going through these actions. You could skip through most of it. I would recommend doing the blessings if you are going to do the actions that are related to them. Does that make sense? Yeah? Okay. Great. Let's look up your Kodesh Achar together. All right. So first things first, if we were in a minion altogether... Birkota Shachar would begin with an invitation for you to rise. The recited standing because it's the start of a service. It's decorum. Uh, you would recite them standing also because they're related to a lot of actions during the day. I'd love to know the history behind why these are all recited standing. We're not going to go through every single one of these and the actions that they're related to, but we could take a look at a couple of them. Are there any that are particularly interesting to, let's like, take a look in the Hebrew for a minute, and then we'll look at the English. Are there any that are particularly interesting to any of you that you want to take a look at? I'll hover on the Hebrew, and then we'll look at the English. Any that stand out that you want to make mention of or take a look at the Hebrew more closely? Okay. So if not, then I'll just say that each of these, I'll say a couple of things. First, for the first time, I want to introduce the idea of nusach, of music to you. So we begin together, we begin in something called weekday minor. Nusach, the music of the service, is a combination of mode and motif. Mode, musical mode, means the type of musical scale that you're dwelling in, which notes on a piano keyboard or a guitar or whatever would be kosher and not kosher at the time that you would play through. And motif are combinations of patterns. And motifs are patterns of notes that you use. Sometimes you're in the same mode, but you're using different motifs, different patterns of notes that signify that it's a different time of day or time of year. So weekday minor is a pattern that lets you know that you're in a regular weekday part of the service. We do this both at the beginning of weekday services and at the end. It's the warm up and the cool down music, actually, for weekday services. That's how it functions. Okay, it's the beginning and the end of services that use weekday minor. And it goes like this. Baruch atah Adonai, Eloheinu melech haolam, Asher natan lasechvi vina, Lehavchin bein yom uvein laila. That's the weekday nusach. Baruch atah Adonai, Eloheinu melech haolam, Shasani b'tzalmo. The way that this functions is like this. The person leading services, they say the sentence, and you are not responsible for saying every word on your own. If you're praying on your own, you would say every word on your own. You could say it in Hebrew or you could say it in English. If you're praying with a minion, they 
would say the blessing in Hebrew, and you would say Amen, and that takes care of your responsibility for saying the blessing. I'm going to say that one more time. When a blessing is said, and you say Amen, that counts as your having said a blessing. That's why when we're at a table, for example, and somebody says Kiddush, and you say Amen to that Kiddush, you've done Kiddush. The people on the podcast don't see me making quotation marks, but that's what I'm doing, right? One way of doing something is to have somebody do it on your behalf. And that is why we call the person leading services a shaliach or shlichat tzibor, somebody who is sent on behalf of the community to do things. There's a classic example of that. They say the blessing, you say amen, and you're good. Does that make sense? It looks like Denise wants to say something about that or ask something about that. Oh, just a question, um, not really about the daily liturgy, but for example, with Shabbat candles. Um, so like sometimes at Besam in the summertime, they light sh- candles in the middle. So if I were to say I'm main to that, does that count as if I lit? That's a great question. Shabbat candles are really funky. Uh, you don't really have to light Shabbat I mean, it's great to light Shabbat candles. You probably should light Shabbat candles. If you don't light Shabbat candles, you're okay. Because there are the job that Shabbat candles are doing, Shabbat candles are doing two things. Shabbat candles are giving you light in your home, which, sorry, but the TBA candles can't do for you. Uh, and um, two, is they're bringing on Shabbat right? They're, they're bringing Shabbat into your, your, your light. They're marking that time for you. And it's actually, there, there are several different ways that Shabbat can be brought on in addition to candles being lit, right? So which includes Shabbat just kind of happening, right? Shabbat just at some point comes on. But also you can take on Shabbat by hitting a certain point in the liturgy, or actually making a commitment that once you get to a certain point in the liturgy each week, you're going to take on Shabbat at that point. So you don't don't technically need to do that. It's really, it's great. And you should light Shabbat candles. And that could count as you're lighting Shabbat candles. And it's okay if you didn't light those Shabbat candles, but it could count as you're lighting the Shabbat candles. So you're you're, you're, you're okay. You're covered on all fronts. You're good. Okay. That Thank good? you. Yeah. Yeah. Is this class an hour or an hour and a half? An hour and 15 minutes, halfway in between. Okay. Okay. Halfway in between that. Yeah, uh, for one second. Okay. Very good. Um, so when we finish the, um, when we finish the Birkota Shachar, you'll get an instruction to sit down. And you're covered. You can sit down for a little while. And you can either continue to yourself in the English, or you can continue for yourself in the Hebrew. We pick up again, the Shaliyah Horshli Chatzibor is going to pick up again, the person leading the services is going to pick up again. And there's always going to be a mark inside the Sidor to tell them and to tell you where they're picking up again. In Sidor Sim Shalom, the weekday version, that's a little box. You see it? That's it. That's just telling you where they're going to come back in. Ashkenazi, or to be very cute about it, Ashke normative davening. Okay, the normative way of of worshiping in our community is to do some stuff out loud, to go into a whisper, and then to come back together. And that wave, that push pull, that tidal pull of going back and forth, 
begins right here at Birkot Shachar. So when we finish this list, sorry for the scrolling, when we finish this list of blessings, right, when we finish that page of all the blessings here, Hanoten Hayav Kohach, and you might say, Amen, they're going to go quiet here, the person leading, they're going to whisper, they're going to whisper, they're going to whisper, you're going to say this quietly to yourself, either in the Hebrew or the English, and the person leading services is going to come back in right around here at this little box. Do you see what I'm talking about right here? They come back into this box. And then you would say amen. And then again, we continue quietly. Next Hebrew page, right? And when they go into a whisper, you're like, oh, I should whisper too. That's that's the push-pull of the of the worship experience, right? When they go into a whisper, you go into a whisper. When they go into a whisper, you go into a whisper and they come back together. And they should almost all of the time come back in where you find another box again. You getting the idea of it, right? We're constantly pushing and pulling back together. That's the whole concept. And when we come together here, I'm giving you a heads up that at the bottom of this page, we get to a Shema. And we actually do the Shema out loud here. And then we whisper. So we, when we come to the bottom of this paragraph, that's what the person leading services says. And then we all say out loud together, Shema Yisrael Adonai Eloheinu Adonai Echad. That's a biblical quote. That's the category it's in. And then we whisper, right? You guys got me? Okay. Very good. And then we finish whisper, 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 we come back in here. And then we go into a substantially long whisper until we get to rabbinic texts for study. We're doing rabbinic texts for study because those are going to unlock for us the possibility of doing a Kaddish de Rabbanan, which is a special Kaddish that we recite in response to having done rabbinic text for study. So it's a little bit circular, but the idea is that we're going to say a special Kaddish. Kaddish is something we want to make possible for people who are in a cycle of mourning to recite among community members. And so we want to be doing text study that kind of unlocks levels of us being able to recite Kaddishes in the morning. This is one type of Kaddish, so we're going to do some rabbinic textual study. You can study it in the Hebrew Aramaic, or you can study it in the English that's present on the following pages, right? And then we get to, usually we close that study with the principles of Rabbi Yishmael. Rabbi Yishmael Omer Bishlosh Esrei Midot Hatarani Drasha. There are 13 ways of interpreting the Torah. And that's found here, right? And the, the, in the English. And the person leading usually lets you know that they're done with all the text study. And so should you be wrapping up as well by coming in at the bottom of that page, which is page 12. They come in with, And they read through this paragraph. And then it's announced, Kadish de Rabbanan. 
dealer's choice on what you do there. Here's what I mean by that. You could stand, you don't have to stand. Some people say anybody who studied text could could stand for Kadish Durabanan. Some people say anybody who studied text could recite Kadish Durabanan, right? You don't have to though. You could just say amains, you could stay seated. Dealer's choice. Some people only do that when they're when they're doing mourners Kaddish. So you'll see all sorts of different customs around Kaddish Durabanan. Does that make sense to you? Hey, people have different customs when it comes to Kaddish Durabanan. Um, see, oh, look at this little lovely, handy little paragraph to affirm what Rabbi Torney just said. Traditionally, Kaddish Durabanan is recited by mourners and those observing yard site, but it may be recited by anyone who has read or heard the teaching of a text based on Torah. See, that. They said it more succinctly than me too. And then when we finish Kaddish Durabanan, we read a psalm. And the psalm is Psalm 30, which is also the psalm that we read at Hanukkah because it begins with Mizmor Shir Hanukkah Tabayit LaDavid, a song for the dedication of the temple. Um, so, yeah, Annie. I'm going. Goodbye. Okay, bye. Uh, and Jackie. Oh, you're waving. Okay. Um, and... This one, we sometimes sing at the bottom of it, but usually not on a weekday. There's not a whole lot of singing on weekday services. Why would you think there would not be a lot of extra singing? Forget about COVID. Why would there be not a lot of singing in weekday services? Just because people are busy. 100% Denise. People got to get to work. (laughs) And like, we've known that for centuries. People just got to get going with their day. So it's just like a, it's kind of a TikTok environment. It's a move it along kind of environment, right? So get it moving. Great. We finish up with Adonai Lohai Leodlamodeka. We finish that. And by reading a psalm, we've unlocked the next level, which is Mourner's Kaddish. Reading a biblical text, that's what this is. What is it's two categories actually. It's biblical text and it's poetry. And we can do Mourner's Kaddish, which requires a minion. When we finish that, we get to Pasuke de Zimra. Pasuke de Zimra is the next section of our morning blessings. I want to go back to the prayer skeleton for a second. Okay, here's the prayer skeleton. We finished out Birkota Shachar. These are the morning warm-up blessings. They last about 11 minutes, maybe, sometimes eight. People move through it very, very quickly. And then we go right to Pasuke de Zimra, which are really our warm-ups for the morning. Does that make sense? Right? The morning blessings are really just sort of a we say our morning blessings, we do it, we do it, we do it. In Israel, it's not even done in the synagogue at all. They just start at Mizmor Shir Hanukata Bait LeDavid, Mourner's Kaddish. Okay? Pesuge de Zimra is our real warm-up. Let's take a look at the beginning of the real warm-up. A poem and a blessing. Baruch She'amar Vehaya HaOlam. Blessed be the one who spoke. She'amar Vehaya HaOlam. And it was the world. And the world was. Baruch Hu. Blessed be they. Baruch Osebreshit. Blessed be the maker of creation. Baruch Omer Beose. Blessed be the sayer and the maker. Baruch Gozer Um Kayim. The, the, mm, oh, untranslatably beautiful. Um, Gozer Um Kayim. The, the, uh, the boundaryless and the founder. How do I want to translate that? Uh, the, Oh, it's so poetic. Um, the Baruch Merachem Al Haaretz. Blessed be the one who grants mercy. Merachem Al Haaretz grants mercy upon the universe. 
Baruch Merachem al Habariot, the one who grants mercy upon the creatures. Baruch Mishalem Sachar Tov Lireav. Blessed be the one who who visits in completion a good payment on their the ones who are in awe of, of them. Baruch Ad Vikayam Lanetzah. Blessed be the 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 forever living one and and forever and forever. Baruch Pudhiamatsil, Baruch Shemba, blessed be the freer and the one who frees. Blessed is their name. It's very, very poetic. It's gorgeous. I love it. It's what starts our mornings off with Pasuke de Zimra. And then this paragraph of blessing. It goes back to the less poetic style, which is why the editors kind of move it into a full paragraph. And it speaks of the God, the parent, the merciful one, the one who is praiseworthy in the mouths of their people, because it's it's opening the gates up to our saying these Tehillim. And so what we do is we say this elongated blessing. This is a special type of blessing formula. Why is it a special blessing formula? It's a long blessing formula. Tell me what makes it a long blessing formula. When you look at it, what makes it a long blessing formula? Other than that, it's long. It's very long. Where does the blessing start? Where does the blessing start? Baruch atah Adonai Eloheinu melech haolam. And then it sort of loses the train, right? Ha'el ha'av harachaman hamolal b'fiyamobal. You sort of lose it, right? For a while. And then what happens later on? Yachid chei haolamim melech meshubachum faradayad shemohagadol baruch. Oh, like on Friday night, there's like an extra little thing at the end. Correct. So what makes it a long blessing is it starts as a blessing and then it, it's so long that it has to restart itself again. That kind of sounds like the way I talk, right? It's like, it's it's so long it has to restart itself at the end. Do you see that? Baruch HaTad And then Baruch HaTad Denise's example is a great one. She's recycling something that I said um, that, that I, I think I said in one of the previous Sidor classes, right? I think, Denise, I said that in one of the previous Sidor classes. Short blessing, right? One and done. Sort of loses its train, right? Comes back in at the very end. You get it? It loses its train and it has to come back in with another baruchata to reestablish the blessing at the end. That makes it a long blessing. I want you to start looking for those long blessings. They're all over the place. Right? They have to restart themselves at the end. This is the blessing to start Birkota Shachar. I'm uh, sorry, Pesuket Zimra. Once you've started Pesuket Zimra, which, by the way, same Nusach uh, on on weekday mornings as uh, Birkota Shachar. Same same Nusach. We're not making any difference between Birkota Shachar and this. We're definitely not doing Baruch Shemar Vayahalam that Shabbat morning. See how that's the same mode, but a different motif, by the way, if you're musical? That's the same musical mode. You're still in a minor mode. But if you do this musical motif, suddenly it's Shabbat morning. 
But if you do, It's Tuesday, or Thursday, right? See how it's very, very different? It makes a really big difference. So this blessing begins Pesuke de Zimra, and then we are deep in psalm territory, and we stay there. And there are a ton of psalms. And here's what I'm going to give you to work on. And then once I do that, I'm going to stay around to answer any questions, let you establish any questions that you have at all uh, for upcoming classes, because questions are great. They'll fuel what comes next. Um, Here's what happens. Uh, I'm going to go back to the prayer skeleton. And this is going to be what I want you to look at in the interim. Baruch Shemar starts us. I want you to look at the stuff that comes between Baruch Shemar and all the way up to Shiratayam, the song of the sea. Okay, all the way up and through page 28. It's not very much. It's 12 pages. That's it. But it's a lot of content. It's a lot of Psalms. I want you to see what's in between there. Is there anything other than Psalms? What categories do they fall into? Are there any blessings? What could you skip? What's difficult about it? What seems essential? Take a look at the content that falls in there. And that's where we're going to pick up next time. This has been so fun. Thank you for joining in for this first leg of the journey. This is really exciting. I'm open for some questions here. Uh, any questions or thoughts to kind of kick things off? Where Where is this sitting with you to start with? And um, what could we kind of focus on for next time? Questions about blessings, poetry, the idea of Birkota Shachar, um, more questions about candles, how the Sidor was printed nothing. All right. So we will leave this at this. I will stop the screen share. I will say thank you so much for joining. I'm really glad you did. And uh, I look forward to seeing you at next week's class. So thanks for coming along and I'll see you soon. Thank you. All right. Take care, everybody. Bye. Thank you. Bye. You have been listening to another in our series of podcasts from Temple Beth Am, a dynamic center for conservative Judaism in Los Angeles. If you enjoy these podcasts, we invite you to write a review on the Apple podcast site or wherever you get your podcasts. For more information about Temple Beth Am Los Angeles, go to tbala.org.